Or are you listening to this podcast now? Settle in, grab a cuppa, it's all welcome. It's the Velasco Fitness Collective Podcast with James and Ellie. Hey team, welcome to another Velasco Fitness Collective podcast. We have Vicky with us again this week, so there is going to be plenty of knowledge bombs dropped. We are talking this week, for some, maybe more appropriately than others, about stress. How does stress impact the kind of other things that go on in our lives? How does it impact our training? How can we manage it? Is there a nutritional approach to managing stress? What does stress look like in lockdown? going to come at stress from kind of all angles today and it's going to be really interesting to get a little bit more of a I guess a science-based and kind of biological-based view on stress as opposed to you know the kind of day-to-day feeling of stress running around not having enough time for things so Vicky how are you doing thank you for joining us good thank you James looking forward to getting stuck into this it's quite a meaty topic yeah absolutely me too um Ellie you good I'm very well how are you yeah great very, very well. We've just been talking about how much sleep I've had over the last, well, 24 to 48 hours at least, but two weeks. So I'm feeling refreshed and, and ready to go. So we're going to skip the warm-up Q&A this week. Risky, I know, going to be pulled muscles all over the place. But we figured with such a chunky topic and with so much to cover, we'd probably get stuck straight into the content. So with that in mind, Vic, I'm going to kick off with a really simple question for you. What is stress? Oh, good question, James. Um, so stress, in sort of biological terms, um, is essentially a state of our a real or perceived threat to our um, internal and external balance. Um, and this is known as our homeostasis. Um, so we focus a lot uh, in the Western world on negative stress or or distress we can call it um but it's always worth remembering that there is another side to that and that positive stress is also um is a form of stress so for example you know when we're in the gym for example we need to have stress on our muscles for example in order to be able to to grow for them to grow so stress isn't always negative that said um negative stress or distress has become very psychological it is very psychological and has become very anticipatory um so it's when we are perceiving a feeling about something that hasn't yet happened and and that often turns into stress or anxiety so anxiety is more about about worry and it is very much about a concern about the future uh characterized by yeah that persistence of unease or or fear of something that that is about to happen or or even something that has happened again and again and then it's taken away and we still have that fear of it happening um, so anxiety can actually um, develop from from something so such as like a trauma in a, our life abuse divorce um, but also things that are going on around us so at the moment for example um, this the pandemic because it's been going on now for a while it it, for many people it is starting to create feelings of anxiety and that's why it is so pertinent to talk about it today nice okay that's great thanks Vic what for for me stress is is something that has the potential I understand that it isn't because I I kind of have an understanding of what goes on behind the scenes but I think stress can be 
stress can almost feel like something that is interpreted by somebody, you know, very subjectively. What goes on, you know, people aren't choosing to be stressed. So what goes on behind the scenes to actually make a, a stressful situation stressful? Absolutely. So it's worth also remembering that, you know, our bodies were designed to be able to cope with stress. Um, and that's, you know, a really important process for, for all creatures, not, you know, all, all living organisms, organism, so to speak. But um, what has sort of happened for us is, is the way, well, for us, we've, we've come into this modern 21st century, especially within the Western lifestyle. Um, and our ability to sort of cope with change has, has been made more difficult. Um, and it's this constant bombardment that is making us sort of overloaded. And, and that is where um, the sort of modern stress is coming into play. So with regards to um, actually what's going on um, it's it's based around um, our nervous system uh, and also and two other systems our immune system um, and part of our hormonal system um, known as our endocrine system which we've talked about in a few other podcasts so um, from a nervous point of view um, we have chemical messengers called uh, neurotransmitters so you might have heard the words serotonin dopamine um sort of banded around and these are all all neurotransmitters so they're nerves that send messages or, or they're, they're chemicals that that send messages um and these play a big part in um our our nervous system um and specifically what's known as the autonomic nervous system um, and it's this part of our system with uh, our nervous system which is is involuntary so we don't have any control of it and that plays a huge role um, in how we're feeling um, and our coping mechanisms with that so when we feel um, or when there is a level of stress our um, autonomic nervous system absolutely comes into play and there's two sides of that. So um, when there is a, a negative stressor, um, our brain detects that, that threat and it sends um, a signal via, via neurons or those chemical messengers um, leading to feelings of panic and fear. Um, and that happens through what's known as um, our sympathetic nervous system um, or as it's often referred to our sort of fight or flight system so there's a few things that are going on here so we've got those um, chemical messengers or neurons which are firing signals um, at our brain which is creating that sort of feeling of panic and fear um, but we've also got um, our adrenal glands which are like hormonal glands coming into play and they're releasing adrenaline uh, which we often think about as sort of for nerves or um, helping us when we are sort of doing sports or energy but that adrenaline um, is released to sort of trigger an immediate burst of energy and that's what sort of why the, the term fight or flight is coined and the other um, sort of stress stressor or or sort of um, chemical side of, of stress is a, a hormone um, or, um, called 
cortisol, which is our stress hormone. So this happens through another pathway. And so we've got sort of three pathways come into play there. And what all these do um, in a sort of a survival mechanism is, is to improve, if it had been a tiger that we were running from as opposed to everyday life and um, would increase our chance of survival. So these systems would kick into play uh, leading to behavioral changes essentially. So that's things like increased awareness, increased like mental cognition, um, increased heart rate and breathing rate, but also things like shutting down our digestion, our growth, all the things that aren't important to our body. So these days, that sort of survival mechanism is very often triggered off in just general day-to-day -day things. So for example, if we're stressed at work, um, all these things still kick into play. Um, it's just, it's not an actual life or death situation. Uh, it's, we've got a board meeting to go to sort of thing. Um, but if this happens again and again and again from a long-term point of view, um it can be detrimental so the other side of of that autonomic nervous system is the the restorative side so this is known as the parasympathetic nervous system our restorative mode and this is really important too so we often refer to this as rest and digest but it's really important to also you know mention the parasympathetic mode because Whereas we're doing more and more, or we're, we're leaning more and more towards that sort of fight or flight side, when we're constantly running, running around, running off adrenaline, living our really hectic lives, we push out um, and leave less and less time for our bodies to go through that parasympathetic mode, that rest and digest, which is so important for things like sleep and for digestion and to allow our bodies to repair and our, our immune system to do all those good things. Um, so with our with western life it means that we are more stressed and yeah have unless with you james have less time to rest and to digest nice okay i love the insight vicky thank you for, for sharing on, on on such a level um it's interesting I, the you you kind of came onto it but as you were talking about it being almost an evolutionary response or reaction from the body you know, I, I was going to make the the comparison between, you know, like a, a big work meeting or a public presentation being the, you know, the 21st century chased by a tiger, um, which, you know, I guess, uh, seeing as we're not all out in, you know, fields and trying to hunt for our food and trying to escape, you know, all sorts of wildlife, our modern day lives present us with, I guess, modern day challenges that will just mimic the same levels of, of, stress and fear and anxiety but you know maybe presented in a slightly different way so it's yeah but on that note absolutely like evolutionary we were potentially having to run away from from a, from a whatever beast yeah. and also run to hunt a beast but yeah. then we would have these huge periods of of rest yeah. which is what we're lacking now we're just constantly running off that adrenaline yeah. and that's when it can start to to lead to long-term um problems yeah and, and that's a good point you know i guess the moment we finish one thing we're on to the next we're on to the next some of those things we might be really looking forward to and and you know hunting down and chasing some of those things we might be running away from but if we're not taking the time to 
to you know to relax for a couple of hours in between or you know a couple of days or however that might look you know it's a really valid point so i've got a question then in terms of the parasympathetic system which is obviously the system that aids our body in recovery and, and allows us to i guess back off that constant adrenaline high is there a way that we can almost train ourselves to engage that system more so i'll tell you why i asked the question I'm a big fan, as people will know, of things like cold showers. One of the things that I just came across that interested me at, at one point during some reading was that somebody reasoned the cold shower as a useful practice for putting your body in a, in a naturally, inverted commas, stressful situation, you know, getting under freezing cold water. You know, you, you, it takes your breath away. Naturally, your body wants to kind of get out they termed it as a really useful exercise for for practicing engaging the parasympathetic nervous system now obviously you described the autonomic nervous system as like involuntary does that mean it's kind of untrainable or are there ways to you know you think about going into a stressful meeting and, and people say oh you know go to the bathroom and stand in a power pose for two minutes or go through a, a breathing exercise that will help calm you down. In theory, that suggests that the, the involuntary autonomic system is kind of somewhat controllable. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, um, it's enabling our bodies to sort of tune into those systems. So, you know, yes, you talk about um, sort of, I'm going to call it hot cold shower therapy because just shoving yourself under a cold cold shower um, is used a lot in therapy, um, but it certainly needs training. Um, but a lot of research has also been do, done on going between hot and cold and how that can boost our nervous system, but also our immune system, which I've mentioned is so important within within the sort of stress response. Um, but there are yeah lots of other ways we can um, dial into our, our certainly our parasympathetic nervous system. So um, little things as, as um, simple as, you know, meditation. Um, there's so much on meditation at the moment on um, being mindful. So mindfulness is a word that um, is used a lot at the moment. So there's a lot of even things like mindfulness apps and stuff you can use which just allow your body to sort of just wind down um and start to yeah just to tune into that nervous system so for me i'm a huge fan of um sound baths um it's not literally sitting in a bath with sounds um but it's using things like tuning forks um to basically sort of they chew, literally tune into your parasympathetic nervous system by um, using like vibrations, et cetera, uh, and sounds that just sort of help your body to just relax. Um, so yeah, absolutely, there's there's lots of things we can do. And the other side of that is is being mindful of our, of our behavioral um, changes and when we are starting, being able to anticipate when we're starting to feel stressed and being able to wind down. So breathing is a huge supportive mechanism for this. Um, so being able to yeah, control um, those stresses. So you know, we talked about uh, behavioral changes like increased awareness. Um, 
increased breathing rate. So by being able to sort of slow that down, that will allow us, our body to sort of switch around and start to tune into that parasympathetic nervous system, rest and digest. Love it, thank you. So impacts then, I guess short-term, long-term, you know, we've, we've, you've mentioned a couple of times now that constantly being in that like high state of stress and, and, you know, not giving ourselves time to recover can, can cause us kind of problems long-term. What, how does that manifest itself? What, what does that, what does that mean? Um, so, um, if we, I think it's, it's really easy to sort of just get sucked into the world of, of just being constantly on that sort of, um, running off that sympathetic nervous system so we often term it as like running off adrenaline um so yeah just running around um just you know living or using stimulants to support that such as coffee uh, i'll talk a little bit about that i'm sure a bit later um not having enough sleep for example um and those, by doing that, it can, um, we can sort of start to thrive off it, really. It can become a lifestyle choice. Uh, and it's through doing that then uh, for a long time that we can start to have, uh, it can start to lead to sort of long-term consequences. So, for example, you know, we talked about um, the hormone cortisol. So that's um, our stress hormone. And it's a really important hormone. It has a a function um, within our day-to-day -day life. So um, cortisol, for example, is used um, as part of our circadian rhythm. So our internal body clock, which allows us to modulate our sleep-wake cycle. Um, so for example, we need cortisol to um, wake us up in the morning. So we have a steep spot, like a, a steep spike essentially of cortisol to wake us up in the morning and once that's sort of spiked to get us up it will it should gradually um just reduce throughout the day until it's time to go to bed at night um putting us allowing us to 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 sleep and then it's another hormone called melatonin comes into play and that helps us to sleep throughout the night but if we if our adrenal glands um which um, produce cortisol are constantly activated uh, it it can lead to um, our sleep wake patterns being dysregulated um, and it, it can from that point of view it can start to disrupt um, our our sleep um, also our immunity um, heart, prolonged high cortisol um, can lead to immune suppression so um, it's really important that we aren't, aren't constantly running off these stress hormones, um, especially at the moment, um, because yeah, it, it can stop us from being able to um, have that time where we're able to, our, our immune defenses are able to come into play. Blood sugar balance as well. So our ability to control our blood sugars um, are affected if we are um, constantly bombarded or, or feeling um, stressed or if our, it's not even a feeling if our body is constantly stressed because um, our um, glucose levels um, are have a, a backup mechanism backup mechanism which is regulated by cortisol um, 
So when at times when we don't have enough um, blood sugar, cortisol can come into play and enable it enables us to essentially boost our blood sugars by breaking down fat, protein and carbohydrate. Um, but if we're constantly stressed, it means this can come into play um, when it's not needed. So if we turn that around the other way around, it means if you're constantly stressed and you're trying to lose weight, it's almost impossible to do so. So if you are someone out there who is trying to lose weight and, and you recognize that you are stressed a lot of the time, um, that could be a reason why you're struggling to, to, to drop those pounds because your, your body's backup mechanisms through cortisol um, are stopping your, your body's ability to just relax and let go of that, of that excess weight. Um, and it's also worth remembering about the sort of behavioral side effects from a long-term point of view. Um, you know, if we, if our cortisol levels are, or cortisol is disrupted and our other um, neurons or neurotransmitters are disrupted, um, it's not in, it's, you know, from that point of view, we may sort of start to lack energy. Um, and with that in mind, we start to turn to stimulants to increase um, our energy levels. And when that happens, um, th we get into a vicious cycle. So for example, coffee, although it has many benefits, um, if we're someone who has been stressed long-term um, and because of that, we're starting to feel quite tired, maybe due to lack of sleep um, or just through constantly um, running off cortisol, um, if we then have a lot of coffee on top of that, it can just add to that stress uh, and create more dysregulation. So it's a, it's a sort of vicious circle. Nice. Thanks, Vicky. Um, I mean, all of that, I, I find this whole topic absolutely fascinating. Can you, what are the, so obviously like the, the science behind it is, is, is really interesting. And I think, I mean, I, I certainly understand more from the last five minutes than I did prior to this, even though I've had some experience of talking to you about it before. What are the, what are the telltale signs that people can look out for in themselves, which would give them an indicator that they're stressed, tired and wired to use a phrase that, we, that we've, we've heard before, um, that is outside the parameters of what would be deemed a healthy level of having stress in your life? Because I think for me personally, if you're somebody if you're someone who's super busy, you like being busy, you like there being a lot going on in your life, you perform well under pressure, or you're just naturally somebody who's always on the go. I think a lot of people would, would be forgiven for thinking, well, this, this, this is just life. This is just me. And, and this is how I operate, even though actually it's not particularly good for them. And it's not particularly healthy. How do we, how do we work out or how do we identify if we're stressed to a point where we need to try and remedy some of that stress? Absolutely. It's, um, that's a really good, good question, Ellie. Um, so I think, you know, the first thing to think about is, you know, we, I've spoken quite a lot about cortisol uh, and how it's, um, it plays a part in our, in our sleep wake patterns. So um, cortisol should naturally wake us up in the morning. So we can start to notice if we are someone who is maybe too stressed um, 
if our sleep weight patterns are changing um, negatively. So for example, if you're really struggling to get up in the morning every day, like, you know, you're literally having to drag yourself out of bed. Um, you should, so what cortisol should do is come into, um, should get to a high enough level for you to wake naturally um, and then be able to get out of bed and get on with your day. But if you're not able to wake naturally at all, or if you're using an alarm, for example, to, to wake you up at a certain time, but then you literally just have to, you know, put that snooze on, and drag again and again and again, and then drag yourself out of bed every single day, um, and then feel tired, unless you essentially use stimulants um, for the rest, for a lot of the day or throughout the day, um, that could be in, in highs and lows as well. Um, I think that's a, the, one of the big signs um, that maybe, uh, there's a slight dysfunction starting to happen. Um, also immunity. So I've said um, how important um, immunity is. And, you know, if we are constantly running off adrenaline or, or running off that fight or flight mode, um, it stops us from being able to restore and from our bodies being able to, to make sure, our, you know, we are putting those defense mechanisms into play. So if we are then struggling or getting ill to so lots of colds, um, for example, taking a longer time to recover from colds and the same things like injuries, if you're constantly getting injured, uh, for example, if you're training at the gym uh, and you're finding you're just getting a lot of um, sort of muscle pulls, et cetera, and then it's taking absolute ages to recover from those, and that would be another sign. Um, so the other things are things like um, our like digestive function. So I mentioned about uh, how when we're running from that tiger, um, it inhibits um, our digestion because essentially our body is, is running from a tiger. It doesn't need to digest food, but if we're constantly doing that, um, it can really stop our ability to digest properly. Um, and if we don't have that, that time for, like I said, rest and digest, that parasympathetic mode, um, it, it can be a big sign that, you know, maybe we're, we're stressed a little bit too much. And I think the other side of that, just a, a word about digestion, is if you are someone out there and you know you're feeling like a stress a lot of the time and you eat at your desk constantly, possibly not a good idea um so think about how you're eating that if you're being mindful when you're eating um because if we're trying to shove down a load of food not chew it properly uh, when we are stressed and our body has stopped that digestion process um then you are then going to start to have digestive problems too um so much so other things for um for men and women out there is fertility. So again, I said about, you know, uh, when we're running from that tiger, um, it can shut down sort of key um, mechanisms that essentially is focusing energy on running from the tiger as opposed to reproducing, eating, uh, growing. <laughs> um, so if you're, as a woman, obviously a big sign um, is uh, period stopping. But for a man, for example, um, it's also a sign. So erectile dysfunction is a is a can be a common sign um, of having um, heavy or too much stress in the life or chronic stress. Um, and 
it's worth noting then, uh, especially when we talk about cortisol as that stress hormone, um, there's something uh, called the cortisol steel. So if our, our body or our adrenal glands can only make so much cortisol and wants to, to enable us to, to go into that sort of fight or flight mode. So if we're constantly releasing that cortisol, once those reserves are used up, it's got to take it from somewhere else. And we call that the cortisol steel. And because it's a hormone, um, it's going to nick it from other hormones. So be that um, taking it through the, the hormonal pathway um, that could then produce uh, estrogen or testosterone. It's going to steal those. And that's why our reproductive systems can start to shut down as well. And it's really common. And I see that quite a lot in clinic, actually, and um, to see uh, yeah, our reproductive functions start to, to lower. So yeah, lots of signs there. Um, other little things like cravings. So again, um, cravings for salt, sugar, um, spice even uh, is a, a sign of our adrenals beginning to just be overloaded. Uh, lightheadedness when standing um, because our adrenal glands take um, our used um, to support our blood pressure changes as well. Um, so if we're feeling dizzy a lot when we're standing as well, um, on top of everything else, uh, that can be you know, another sign. So there's, there's a lot of signs out there and I think it's really worth, you know, even if it's something you can like journal, diarize, um, because once the jigsaw pieces start to come into play and like you start to think, oh, actually, yeah, that does happen to me. That does happen to me too. Then you can start to think, oh, actually, can I, can I make some changes? Can I tune into those parasympathetic modes? Can I start to get my body back to, to balance, to homeostasis, to be more resilient? Wicked. It's, it's really interesting, Vicky, hearing you talk, because like some of it, while you're talking about it and I'm reflecting on it, it's kind of obvious, but it's not necessarily things you think about. Um, and it's interesting to hear the the more scientific hormonal based I guess reasoning behind you know things like weight management I think naturally you'd kind of assume on the surface you know when you're stressed you're probably not eating properly you're snacking more you're not giving as much time to thinking about what you eat so that's probably explaining why weight management is more difficult but actually the fact that it you know, you, you talked about the, the body's changing response to things like glucose, just how your nervous system and your, you know, the way that your body kind of responds to, to, the, to being in different states and different hormonal responses, you know, impacts things like even how, how well you digest your food. It's actually really interesting to, to kind of go to that level um so i really appreciate that it's such a hard one as well because it's such a vicious circle so you know we talk about all these systems shutting off but then in our western world we don't have time to think about those so we just cram it with more so yeah. cram it with more sugar <laughs> cram it with more stimulant yeah. and it just creates this vicious vicious circle and that, that's the other bit i find interesting as well talking about things like stimulants we're we're talking here about the fact that in in kind of modern life we very rarely find enough time to actually stop and recover because we're constantly running on adrenaline and, and you know constantly wired and moving from one thing to the next to the next but yet 
so many of us find ourselves requiring stimulant like coffee and energy drinks and pre-workout it's almost crazy to think that the reason we're so run down is because we spend so long in like a highly wired adrenaline fueled mode but yet we can't utilize that energy to do the things that we want to spend time doing we need to go and find external sources of stimulants which I guess prolongs that you know prolongs the higher cortisol levels and that you know the the body's high adrenaline state and I think is that why when people finally get round to like taking a week off work or a week off training it they can find that they crash so hard that they suddenly get ill and actually they find it weird that they've finally taken time off to rest and now they're getting ill. Is, is that is that why? Absolutely. You know, we've talked about how the immune system is so fundamental to our, our, our stress response. Um, and absolutely, when our bodies finally get that time to rest, um, it is so often that that's when we get ill. And that's for the exact reason. The question earlier asked about, is there a way to tell? And is there a way to... to, to kind of understand where your body's at and how you're feeling that's also where things like um fitness trackers and stuff like that come into play with hrv specifically i mm. guess hrv is arguably the body's best data-based representation of, of stress levels is that fair 100%. So for those out there who don't know what HRV is, heart rate variability. Uh, there's huge studies happening at the moment and the benefits of tracking your heart rate variability. Um, so that's essentially uh, sort of noticing the patterns of our heart rate and how um, whether our body uh, is in a, a good place or, or not so good place so it's it's a useful tool for knowing for example when to do things so um based on your heart rate variability you can uh, monitor when is a good time to to train for example or not a good place to to train because actually your heart rate is in, in a good place it is quite low or um the actual patterns of it are aren't um in a place to allow us to train at our most optimum so heart rate variability can be really good. Um, you can use those on your yeah, fit, fit, Fits and all the different trackers. Um, the sort of creme uh, of um, tracking of like fitness trackers is called an Aura Ring. Uh, and that's got really good um, technology for heart rate variability. But certainly even apps on your phone can support that. So yeah, that's amazing. Um, so I guess we've covered, uh, well, we've scratched the surface of what is stress. Um, what causes it? How can we start to recognize <clears throat> telltale signs that we as individuals are stressed? Um, and we've just talked about how we can start to identify it using some technology as well. Loads of information. Um, potentially, I think maybe people listening to this, it's a little bit overwhelming. And I know that when I first started to look into this sort of thing and trying to understand a bit more about stress and what causes it and, and I felt very overwhelmed in terms of it actually stressed me out to think about stress because it felt like there was a mountain to climb to try and resolve it or try and start to deal with it. So I guess the big question now is what what can we do about it? Given the situation that we're in at the moment, given that stress levels are naturally that little bit higher, there is a low lying anxiety um, exercising which for a lot of people is a release and various other things 
what are the things that we can start to do now, which are small and I'm going to say easy in terms of drinking water isn't a difficult task, but drinking enough water in a day can feel not that easy. What are the sorts of things that we can do to give our bodies a bit of a break, to take out some of that stress, to give our parasympathetic nervous system an opportunity to do what it needs to do? I think the beauty of this is there is so much that we can do um so it's trying to turn around and not i think like you said it, it can feel stressful <laughs> trying to de-stress uh, and it's about i think the first thing we need to do is to give ourselves a big break and just say we cannot do everything we want to be superhuman but there is a time and a place for not being superhuman so number one for me would be self-awareness am i stressed how am I stressed? Why am I stressed? What is making me feel more stressed? Uh, and I think actually journaling is a really useful tool for doing this. Maybe just, yeah, writing stuff down. Um, talking to people, you know, actually having a time to have some, some release, being able to just offload is so important. Um, and then, you know, things like sleep trying to you know manage our sleep better making sure uh, we're having time to wind down as well so you know it's all very well being like right I'm going to sleep for this time to this time but if we can't wind down and actually get to sleep um that can that can make it worse so thinking about you know starting to wind down an hour before um, bed so for example um ellie and i talked before this about blue light um so blue light is sort of emitted from our screens and that keeps us very alert um so trying to turn off technology uh, an hour before sleeping um is is it the first like i would really try and stressed people to do that although I know how difficult that can be in our western world so if that's not possible looking at ways you can at least um get rid of that that stimulating blue light um so if you're using so for example a lot of computers and a lot of phones these days have um programs within them um to take out that blue light at a certain time um so certainly tapping into that is a really really good tool um, using blue light glasses if you're someone who reads from a screen before bed um, I've got an app um, on my computer actually although I think it now does it naturally but called f.lux which removes that blue light at a certain time that's really really useful um, so then just having um, being able to wind down so finding a routine before bed that can help us yeah get into a more, more relaxed state so whether that's doing some like for some people that could be having a nice warm shower 45 minutes before bed or that could be yeah having a a, a bath or um doing some read like just reading from a book um for me, you know, I've talked about um, doing the sound baths or, you know, just really relaxed yoga can be really good for some people, but just starting to have a more relaxed routine. And then another thing, and I think this is really hard at the moment based on um, because of uh, the current pandemic, but trying to being able to literally like close 
the book of our working day. So I think this is what is such an issue at the moment because a lot of us are working from home and a, a lot of people don't sort of share their work uh, and rest places. And so it's being able to make, trying to sort of close down from that sort of works state where we're yeah, constantly focused and alert um, to that rest state. So trying to find ways to do that. Um, so actually I work a lot around this in my, um, like my office working week. Um, and we talk a lot about um, commuting to work. Um, so because a lot of us are working from home at the moment, what a lot of people are finding is really useful is, is doing a, a pretend commute essentially. So starting the day by, um, walking around the block and then entering the house and going into their work state so at the end of the day it's about yeah turning everything off and then going for another walk and that sort of sort of is our like pretend commute but it allows us to have that time to wind down the use of exercise on that note can be so supportive um, for relaxation, but it needs to be the right kind of, re of, of exercise. So whereas, and I am an ambassador for high intensity <laughs> interval training, as you all know, because I'm a coach of it, um, but it is quite, um, it, it creates adrenaline and a lot of, of more of the sort of stress hormones so we need to make sure we find that balance from doing things like high intensity high intensity interval training which can be a really good way of releasing stress just for just having some time to just get some energy out um but also making sure we're winding down from that so for example like just having some time to do some stretching after that can be really good as well so if you're someone who you're going to do an hour of, of yeah hit training um functional training crossfit training um make sure you get some time at the end of it especially if you're doing that later on in the day to stretch to just slow down to wind down give yourself a good half an hour to do that um just to let those sort of hormone levels start to balance out as well or have yeah like a warm bath for example um and also the other side of that is good exercise like exercise that can really support um our relaxation patterns would be things like going for a nice long walk in nature for example um going for a, a gentle run something that isn't gonna yeah, get a heart rate through the roof um going and yeah walking the dog for example dogs are a fantastic <laughs> support for our stress uh, levels um things like that can be can be really useful and then you know also tapping into you know things like our diet um high carb diets can make it worse you know we i talked about how um cortisol particularly um can affect our blood sugar balance uh, or the way our, our body sort of uses sort of how its blood sugars fluctuate um so if we're constantly bombarding our our system with high sugar or high carbohydrate, um, that can also have an effect. Um, so just yeah, making sure we're we're having um, a balanced diet with good oh, slow release um, whole grains, uh, lots of fruit, vegetables, nutrients to support uh, our immunity, etc. And then there's lots of sort of really specific nutritional support we can do within that as well. Um, so for example, we've talked we talked a lot on 
previous podcasts about things like magnesium. So magnesium is um, a mineral that is really important for enabling our muscles to relax. And so having foods that are rich in magnesium, um, such as dark leafy greens, but also Ellie, you'll be pleased to hear, my, um, magnesium is really high in dark chocolate. So dark chocolate can be really good for, um, for our magnesium levels. Um, making sure we've got um, some good probiotics in our food. So there's a specific bacteria, um, good bacteria um, called Lactobacillus um, rhamnus. Um, and you get that in, in sort of your probiotic yogurts and um, particularly milk kefir has got it. Uh, and that's really good at, at modulating our stress response. Uh, things like foods that are rich in B vitamins. So I mentioned whole grains. Our B vitamins, I like to call them our energy vitamins. So they can be really modulating of our energy systems. So making sure, yeah, red meat is high in B vitamins, but also things like whole grains, oats, nuts, seeds um, are really supportive for that making sure we're getting adequate protein as well to, to enable our bodies to have those core raw materials. Um, you know, the list goes on and on. I'm a big um, fan of tea. Um, I talked about this in my uh, pre in previous talks with, um, uh, with Valesco in the first lockdown um, about uh, L-theanine, which in a, is an amino acid, which is really, um, it enables us to increase our, our happy hormones like um, serotonin uh, and it's really it's L-theanine it's really rich in cups of tea so that's when when we drink a cup of tea and it feels like a hug in a mug um, that's because it's rich um, in L-theanine so that's at its highest levels in green tea but it is also present in, in black tea too um, so that can be really supportive. And then the other side of that is is trying to reduce stimulants, um, which can just make us feel that sort of tired and wired. So, um, you know, I haven't actually spoken much about sort of this the sort of tired and wired side of things, but actually, um, it that all comes from that cortisol um, release from our adrenal glands. So, uh, if we have chronically or long term high cortisol um, levels, this sort of may affect our body our, our body's ability to to stop releasing cortisol so it means we've got it all the time that creates this dysfunctional pattern of cortisol going up and down and up and down and up and down and that's why we feel tired and wired so if we add in lots of stimulants to that things like caffeine so that could be through coffee you know especially if you work are someone who works in the office it's often quite easy to be like right I'm going to get up I'm going to make a coffee then I'll make another coffee and eight coffees later you're just absolutely buzzing off caffeine or the other side of that now is with energy drinks they are energy drinks are so high in caffeine that they have to put a different amino acid into them to reduce the levels of, of of, of stimulant of caffeine in them. So um, if you look at Red Bull, for example, uh, there are many other energy drinks on the market, just putting that out there. Um, they put um, yeah, an amino acid called taurine in it uh, because, and that reduces the, the effect of the high levels of caffeine in it. Um, so yeah, if you're someone who likes an energy drink, just like try and limit your amount of having them because um, they are so yeah detrimental for just putting our bodies out of sync and you should say that i i try and limit myself to like no more than two coffees a day and there's an energy drink i've i've 
it was on offer and it, it looked pretty good. So I bought a crate of it. Grenade Energy have got like a natural energy drink. And it says on the can contains like the, the amount of caffeine contained in one can is roughly the same amount as you'd find in two shots of espresso. Being aware of things like that, for someone that's trying to have two coffees a day, you know, if I had my two coffees a day and then one of those energy drinks, arguably I've literally just doubled my caffeine intake and it's only a small can of energy drink and it's amazing the, the impact that can have. So Vic, I, th- I think if I think about, and I'm aware of time, so come just before we wrap up, there's a question that I want to ask almost on like a, a bit of a, a dumbed down level. We've talked a lot about a lot of different things and and I'm sure people will have aligned with quite a lot of stuff in in one way or another. There'll be bits that they can pick out that are more or less relevant. Mindset and outlook and how you think about things, I guess is is super important. We talked about being able to, to, to somewhat train and control the nervous system. And if I think about you know, someone that's taken on a huge workload in work, or they've got a massive meeting coming up, they can't, it's not like they can say, oh, I'm not going to do that meeting, because, you know, the meeting's going to happen to them anyway. I guess how they, how they view that situation can somewhat help them control how stressful it becomes for them. I, I guess it's the, the phrase that we've, we've used before, control the controllables, right? Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. And it is a time frame, but I think there is also a time to say no. And yes, you might be someone who has a lot of meetings, but I think it's it's a really good opportunity to look at your diary and do what I like to call like time blocking. So if you can see yourself going into a really busy week just making sure you literally block out times in those in that diary where you can have time out Uh, and if that means physically removing yourself from that place of work so that you can wind down be that go for a walk go for yoga listen to a meditation etc that's what that can really make sure you support doing that also things like making sure you're you know if you know you're going into a stressful day blocking out time to mindfully have some lunch if you because you you're going to need the energy to to get yourself through that day but just trying to yeah just keep going 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 through the day is is not healthy uh and so it's about learning to manage your time so that you can support all these crucial and fundamental systems that are so integral to our ability to be our best person and i I guess if you keep control of things like whether you go for a walk on your lunch or what time you get up or what time you go to bed or how much coffee you drink you know if you keep control of the things that you can control yes you might have a crazy week at work but i guess you know you're doing everything you can around that to almost offset the the balance of of stress 100 percent. um so in less than one minute then what are the three things a lot of this will be relevant for different people in different ways what are your three main things that either work for you or that you find work for most people high high level the three main things you can do to to live a a slightly less stressful life yeah so um allowing yourself to wind down before bed a hundred percent so get yourself a bed routine so whatever your time pattern is trying to get 
make sure you get some really good restorative time to sleep. So that should be at the least really seven hours. So enabling yourself to have a good hour before bed to wind down so that you can then fall asleep naturally and have a deep restorative sleep. So be that, you know, turning off technology, reading a book or yeah, listening to an audio book can be useful. Just some, some time away from that blue light, turning off technology. That's my number one thing. Yeah, getting that wind down time before bed. My second thing would be learning to cope with stress. So being able to acknowledge when you're feeling anxious, feeling stressed, because if you are able to do that, then you can start to control it a little bit more. So by doing that, you know, right, this isn't, you know, I am so like, I'm so stressed now. Now is not the time to try and yeah wolf down a sandwich and a fizzy drink and possibly some other bad choices because you're so stressed um now is the time to just slow down so that you can make some correct choices so being able to acknowledge when you're feeling stressed um and then the third thing oh it's so hard to have one third thing <laughs> um so acknowledging that um to enable you to make the right choices. And I think the third thing would be, yeah, just if you're feeling stressed, don't eat, when, like, or don't try and wolf down a load of food when you're feeling stressed, because I think that can just make you feel so much worse. Um, so either that's about having choices that are, are really easy. So there's a lot of like meal replacement shakes at the moment. Uh, and actually there is a time and a place for that. So if you know you're going into a day um, of crazy meetings, for example, and you're just not able to make enough time to just sit down and have a relaxed meal, there is a time and place for maybe having something like a protein shake or uh, a soup can be good or these meal, yeah, a really good quality meal replacement shake so that your body isn't having to try and digest when it's at a stage where it is literally not able to to digest wicked thank you so much um maybe as a as a just a reach out to anybody that's listening that is interested in the technological approach to this i'll put my instagram handle in the um episode notes and if you want to give me a shout a lot of the things that vicky's touched on actually most people's technology can do a really good job of and a lot of people don't utilize it to the extent that it's you know to the extent that it can kind of help them um so things like uh you know if, if you i work for a, a particular technology company that i think most of you will have some sort of experience with and there's you know to name a couple of things your, your phone has the ability to to use a technology that um, is referred to as night shift, which helps with the screen coloring. There's a bedtime function that can help you both wind down and put your phone into a state of kind of lock at your designated bedtime. You can specify downtime to get away from it. There's notification management settings, HRV tracking, sleep tracking, and all of that is already built into the device that you have in your pocket now and is very, very underutilized so if you want to hit me up and just ask a couple of questions about that i'm more than happy to kind of field some for you vicky thank you so much as always for going into the level of detail that you've gone into this morning i need to disappear so ellie it's been lovely to see you this morning vicky you too, you too.
Thank you both for joining and we will see you all again soon. Have a lovely day.